0: pushkin
1: bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy last year by making investments from coast to coast investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the gulf of mexico it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Small business
2: owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan Chase Bank NA member FDIC. Copyright 2024 JPMorgan Chase and Company. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
3: Hi, I'm Tyler J. Kelly, and I wrote What Happens When Dave Chappelle Buys Up Your Town for Bloomberg Business Week, and it's the story of the week.
0: In 1999, I was interviewing the host of The View and comedian Joy Behar, and one of my pressing questions was, can you get me in the Friars Club? She could, and she did. So for years, I invited people to lunch at the Midtown Manhattan six-story townhouse that was called The Monastery. We'd eat the sliced bagel chips that served as a bread basket that were inches away from Soupy Sales, Buddy Hackett, and ish Finkel. I worked out at the gym there and saw many old people naked who may have once been famous. But the Friars Club has been closed for months. It hasn't paid its mortgage in a while. Inside, according to court papers, there's trash, mice, quote, unidentified liquid waste, and even more sadly, not one joke about unidentifiable liquid waste. The club's probably going to go under. As its current dean said to the New York Times, quote, If there's one thing I've learned, the Friars should not be running clubs. They should be telling jokes and singing songs. Obviously, comedians shouldn't run businesses. And it can also get complicated when they buy towns, as the people in tiny Yellow Springs, Ohio found out when Dave Chappelle started buying up Main Street.
2: Writing is hard, who's got that kind of time? When you're already busy trying to be Joel Stein So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob Calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak Conversation filled with information, it's the story of
0: Tyler Kelly took a trip to bucolic Yellow Springs, Ohio for Business Week to see the town that Dave Chappelle bought. Tyler, thank you for doing this. Are you a Chappelle fan?
3: I am a Chappelle fan. I've been a fan of Chappelle uh, since the Chappelle show. I have it on DVD. I used to watch it all the time.
0: So you fly out to this town, Yellow Springs, Ohio. And what's it like when you first get there?
3: It's a, a cute town you know, low rise, two story buildings, kind of a classic Midwestern small town. Um, Except I guess I would say I've never been to a place with more window signs, you know, pride flags, mask wearing signs, giant Black Lives Matter banner hanging over the main street. There's many very overt signals, you know, that you've crossed into the liberal bastion from, you know, rural Ohio.
0: Why is this one small town in the middle of Ohio so liberal?
3: The whole town was founded by these religious utopians. Um, in the 1800s, Antioch College grew out of that town, uh, which is also kind of like a very idealistic, very liberal um, you know, bastion of longstanding. It was a stop on the Underground Railroad. So the progressivism, you know, it, it comes by it authentically and deeply.
0: Antioch was the first college that made rules about consent. And everyone thought it was so absurd. You'd be like, is it okay if I touch your breast, young woman? I remember this SNL sketch, making fun of that. Which now, of course, I'm sure they don't air because it makes them look like jerks. But uh, then I saw Dave Chappelle's dad taught at Antioch. Mm -hmm. Did Chappelle grow up in this town?
3: He went to middle school there, like that kind of time period. So you talk to a lot of people who are, I guess about Dave Chappelle's age, like mid 40s. And they talk about this utopian kind of feeling growing up, going to school in maybe the 80s in Yellow Springs, how diverse it was, how affordable it was, how artsy and weird it was. And they all say that that time is over. And that's one of their big laments about what's going on in the village today is sort of the loss of that feeling.
0: Wait, what's changed? A lot of things
3: have changed. The kind of middle class manufacturing jobs are mostly gone. Uh-huh. So it's become older, whiter, and more expensive in the last couple decades.
0: And then the town's also changed because what I learned from your story that I had no idea of is that Antioch is gone. Like, I didn't know a you know, 200-year-old college could just disappear.
3: It isn't literally gone. It, it did completely fold at, in 2008, but it came back to life in 2011. And so it still exists in a much, much diminished version. I think the current class is 120 students. Okay. Yeah, um, And just sort of the cultural force that, that it used yeah. to be, it's not anymore. So I think that's part of the Dave story too, is because there's nothing else going on, he's a big, big deal. Maybe right. bigger than he should be in people's minds.
0: Yeah, there's this superstar comedian who's living in this tiny village uh, because he spent some time growing up there. What made him move back to Yellow Springs?
3: I don't know. Um, he bought a house there I think while he was filming The Chappelle Show in New York, so that would have been like the early 2000s, and it would go back and forth like living in a furnished apartment in New York mm. and then going back to Yellow Springs. It appears that he authentically always had long-standing had wanted to be there. He likes it there. He's raising his kids there. His kids go to public school there. Oh, oh. He hangs out in town. I mean, he genuinely likes it there. I think that's pretty unequivocal.
0: So Dave Chappelle in 2004 ends his Comedy Central show. He's just gotten... I think fifty something million dollars to make two more seasons. and then he's he doesn't show up to work anymore. He just takes off, which is, you know, the craziest entertainment story of that time. People were obsessed. Like, where is Dave Chappelle? Why is he leaving fifty million dollars on the table? Why isn't he even telling his longtime writing partner that he's not going to show up for work?
3: Yeah, there was a lot of rumors that, you know, he had some kind of breakdown, that he was on some kind of drugs, that he was on some spiritual retreat, that he had moved to South Africa. According to his spokesperson, none of that was true.
0: So he was hiding out in Yellow Springs, which is remote enough that no one figured out he was in America.
3: Yeah, and I'm sure he was keeping a low profile. People told me that he would insert bits of misinformation into his, like, conversations with people he didn't know very well, like, he and his wife are going to get a divorce or something like that, and then wait to see if that person leaked it to the media. And that's how he'd guess, I guess, kind of know who his friends were.
0: That's genius. He'd say something to like the guy at the grocery store about, I'm going to leave my wife, and then wait to see if it was in the Star magazine. This is classic high school behavior, right? This is what you do in high school to make sure your friends are your friends. Yeah. I should be doing that all the time. I'm sure the mafia does this too, right? (laughs) Give a little bad information, see if it comes back to them, and then whack the guy.
3: Yeah, that is what it reminds me of.
0: Yeah. Ugh. So he's living in Yellow Springs, getting along with people, keeping a low profile. And then in the summer of 2020, after COVID hits, things change a little bit because he's stuck at home. And what happens that kind of causes some conflict in that town?
3: So he started doing these shows in the summer of 2020, basically weekly shows, at this property called the Worry Pavilion, which is owned by a friend of Dave's. It's outside of the village in the township. Um, and they get permission from the governor's office to do these shows pretty early into the pandemic. And they, the Chappelle's people take credit for pioneering a bunch of the ways to have a live performance during the pandemic, COVID tests, masks, temperature checks, social distance seating, all that stuff they did outside in this field where they had these shows.
0: And these shows that he's having have huge stars coming to Yellow Spring somehow.
3: Yeah, huge stars. Sarah Silverman, Michelle Wolf, Donnell Rawlings, Chris Rock, John Hamm shows up, um, big musical guests, Talib Kweli, Common. And I think part of the reason all those, you know, big deal comedians come is because there's nothing else to do in the right. summer of twenty twenty. All their stuff is canceled. They have nowhere to go. And so it was really successful. It did great things for the small businesses of Yellow Springs. Something a lot of people say is that there are businesses that would have gone out of business were it not for these shows. But the other thing that happens is some of the people who live near this field start to complain. Um, there's noise, uh, there's trash. Um, they are thinking they're living in a rural setting next to this rural property and all of a sudden there's you know 400 people there. So the township zoning inspector looks into it and decides, actually, yes, this is a violation of the zoning code. And so he tells him, yeah, this is in violation. You guys need to shut this down. They don't shut it down. They keep going. Um, they ignore him. You can't ignore the
0: zoning inspector of Yellow Springs. Like, what is he doing?
3: Uh, he told me he has the authority to issue a a fine of a couple hundred dollars. Uh-oh. So he thought that was pointless. Obviously, they've got a lot more money than that. So what else could he do?
0: Wow. So Dave Chappelle is too powerful for the government of Yellow Springs.
3: Well, technically, this is the government of Miami Township, which surrounds Yellow Springs. Okay. But yeah, effectively. And so then in August, I think, Steve Worig, who owns the field, applies for a zoning variance, an exemption from the zoning code, and wins it. Their initial justification for the variance is, oh, we need these to lift our spirits. We need these to get together. We're so depressed because of the pandemic. The Zoning Board of Appeals goes for that. So then he gets, I think, a year's worth of shows. That brings him to 2021. Then the following spring, he gets another variance and another variance. The next time around, they're saying, well, we need these for businesses. The businesses are going to go to business without this. The Zoning Board of Appeals goes for that. The third time around, I interviewed a member of the board who said that she felt unequivocally that it did not merit a variance this time, and she was going to vote against it. But somehow she felt... Intimidated enough by all the Chappelle supporters in the room and the kind of general like rah-rah chappelle pro-Chappelle cult of personality thing that was going on in the village that she voted yes against her conscience and then she told me that she felt so dirty afterwards that she quit the zoning board.
0: Oh my god. So she felt like she caved to the Chappelle machine and she couldn't live with herself anymore.
3: Caved is the word she used, yeah. Wow. I've never done a story with so much anonymity and people so worried about their identity than this one.
0: Really? Because if you're on the wrong side of it, what happens to you?
3: You'll get slammed on social media. People are worried about losing business. There's also sort of this cult of personality around Dave uh, that, that a lot of, you know, certain members of the community are a part of. And I think they're worried about reprisals less from Dave and more from this sort of cult of personality.
0: So the people who didn't want to go on the record with you were the Chappelle critics. Correct. Wow. I heard him talk about this fight when he was on SNL in like 2020.
3: He did. Mm -hmm.
0: Chappelle makes this joke that just seems so mean to me. He imagines someone from Yellow Springs saying, honey, come quick, come quick. The guy from the grocery store is on the television. And then uh, Chappelle says, no, you big dummy. The guy from television is at the grocery store. That's rough. (laughs) So Chappelle is
3: telling people that he's the guy from television and should be treated as such. He's not the guy from the grocery store. And I was like, wow. To me, it, it says a lot about how he views himself, I guess, in respect to the village.
0: It's crazy. His take is like, I'm a super famous person and you should treat me as such when I'm in your town. I just happen to be in your town, but I am a global celebrity.
2: Yeah, That's awful.
0: <laughs> he said stuff that seemed really mean about the town, like that the, these hicks basically shouldn't decide my fate, which I thought was um was not nice. But now I'm thinking, like, if it's already tense in this town, why would you want to go piss off people on television?
3: I don't think uh, risk aversion is one of Chappelle's
0: traits.
3: <laughs> I don't think it ever has been. So um, true. But- but yeah, he said they don't deserve to decide a guy like me's fate. They haven't seen enough. They, haven't, they don't know enough. Um, and he also said he saved the town, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. That made a lot of people, I think, feel like he had gone too far in terms of sort of claiming to be the kind of single benefactor of the whole village. So those are the people who are complaining to the zoning inspector, the ones he's talking okay. about in that bit. Uh, and yeah, he went after them.
0: When we come back, Chappelle starts buying up properties all over town, effectively turning Yellow Springs into Chappelleville.
1: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Small
4: business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile App is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. JP Morgan Chase Bank, NA Member, FDIC, Copyright 2024. JP Morgan Chase & Co.
2: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
0: Okay, so Chappelle had been fighting with his neighbors in rural Yellow Springs, Ohio, over the village zoning laws for these outdoor comedy shows he's doing. And what does Chappelle own in this town at that point?
3: Midsummer of 21, by this time he had bought half a dozen properties downtown and nothing had really happened with any of them. What
0: What is he buying?
3: It's mostly these little storefronts. He has a a smoke shop and a merch store. He has... A, two kind of gift shops. Um, He bought this old uh, kind of Birkenstocks and hippie novelty store when the owner passed away, which is basically abandoned. He bought a two-story building um, and kind of kicked out the two tenants.
0: It's crazy. It's like, it does feel like he owns a bunch of this town.
3: And a lot of people wanted to know what his plans were.
0: So then there's this town meeting
3: it's not a town meeting. It's a private meeting of business oh. owners.
0: Oh, okay. So they're all getting together to find out what Dave's up to. Is Dave at this meeting?
3: Dave is at this meeting.
0: Well, they're going to find out then.
3: They're going to find out. And okay. it's at um, the Word Pavilion at Dave's invitation.
0: At this this pseudo cornfield that doesn't actually grow corn where he throws exactly. the shows. Okay.
3: And some of the business owners, this rubs them the wrong way immediately because they think, well, this is kind of like on Chappelle's turf, Chappelle has an outsized influence on this meeting, and they don't like that.
0: So, this is the first rule of a gang war. You have to have a neutral (laughs) turf, right? Exactly. I'm basing this mostly on West Side Story, but I think if you have a meet, you go to a neutral place. Yes. Okay. So, they meet Dave here, and it, how does it, what happens?
3: So, they have the meeting. Uh, Dave is the last speaker. And so, you know, he sort of does two things. He gets up and says, I want to make, Yellow Springs, a cultural Mecca. I have a vision. Like, I want you to get on board with me. This is going to be amazing. You know, but he also has this whole story of how hurt he feels by the distrust, by the criticism. And so he gets, I think, pretty upset. But he also says, you know, you better get on board, you know, and I feel like you're disrespecting me. So following the meeting, uh, the owner of the local t-shirt shop goes and prints up all these signs that say, thanks, Dave, respect with Chappelle's logo for the C and in respect. And he kind of hands them out to all the downtown business owners.
0: What a kiss ass. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate this guy. First of all, he owns a t-shirt shop and instead he makes signs instead of t-shirts?
3: He's a- He's actually into a lot of different lines of business. So he prints stuff. He can print anything.
0: sounds like you're in his back pocket too. He can print anything.
3: (laughs) He prints, I went to his print shop. I watched him printing all kinds of stuff. What's Um, this
0: guy like? I really inherently don't like him.
3: Are you allowed to say that? I'm not allowed to say that as a journalist.
0: I'm like Chappelle. I don't care.
3: (laughs) Well, okay. I think this, the guy who made the signs is very pro Chappelle. And I guess maybe from his perspective, there is no downside to Dave because the more tourists come to town and buy T-shirts, it's all for the good. Uh, he makes the signs, right? About a hundred of them. Wow! And and hands them out or makes it known that they're available. And a lot of people who essentially want to suck up to Dave come and get these signs.
0: So now you have to pick a side. Either you're going to put up a sign in your window or you're not.
3: Exactly. Oh, and a lot of people be, no. said if you didn't put one up, it meant something. Uh. So it's not as if Dave created this dynamic or necessarily wanted this dynamic to occur, but this is what happened, right? So again, there's the small town. Everybody's sort of afraid of a backlash. I think uh, apparently more than half the downtown businesses had one of the signs at the apex of this.
0: And would people not shop in stores that didn't have a Thanks Dave sign (laughs) or only shop in one that did have a Thanks Dave sign?
3: Nobody admitted to that to me, but I think people felt like If they didn't put one up, maybe they would lose business.
0: Uh, But there's a fair amount of holdouts. Like almost 50% of people don't do it. That must make things way more tense.
3: I'm sure it does. So now we're going into winter of 22. So you have this tension. You have this division. There's there's a clear pro-Dave and clear anti-Dave faction. And so the next thing that happens is these plans come out for a a big development on the south end of the village on this 52-acre property that abuts Dave's property, Dave's home. Okay. And the plan needs a approval from the village council. And there's a meeting scheduled for February of 22 when they're gonna vote on this. And Dave is opposed to this
0: development. And why is Dave Chappelle against this housing development?
3: It literally is his backyard. I mean, it it's not. His backyard, because it's not his property, but his house backs up to this oh. property.
0: Why didn't he just buy it? He's buying everything else.
3: He was offered it by oh. the, the former owners before they sold the developer. The rumor is he would have bought part of it, but he didn't want to buy the whole thing. So he declined. Right. So he he has the opportunity. He has right of first refusal. He refuses it. Then they sell it to the developer for 1.7 million. The developer goes ahead with the plan. And then the plan gets unveiled and Dave starts rallying opposition to the plan. There's a whole anti-this-development faction. The village stopped lots of developments. They hate change. They're, there's a huge change-averse population. So it's not surprising that a lot of people are opposed to this thing. But you know, Dave is a major, I think, mover behind the opposition.
0: So there's this fight over the development. And uh, how does it come to a boil?
3: Okay, so they have the public meeting. It's a, it's a Zoom meeting, but the anti-development faction rents out the hotel ballroom to broadcast their comments to the Zoom meeting from the ballroom. And there's this very kind of convivial atmosphere there. And a lot of the people are wearing Chappelle-branded face masks.
0: Oh, so if you're pro-Chappelle, the kind of mask you wear might be the Chappelle mask compared to just a normal uh, N95.
3: Definitely. So the 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 anti-development faction... Feels very much like they're in Chappelle's pocket because they're in the ballroom. Um, Some of the arguments against it are pretty, I would consider them to be pretty far-fetched. You know, they say this is going to be the disintegration of our community. This is welcoming Walmart and Panera Bread.
0: Oh, Panera Bread. That's the best argument. I'm not really afraid of Walmart, but I'm totally afraid of Panera.
3: And to be fair to Yellow Springs, I think there are maybe one or there's a Subway and there's a Speedway gas station. Those are, I believe, the only chain stores in the entire town. Oh, wow. Okay. So they have a really, really good track record, and they've done it on purpose in terms of how they've controlled development of keeping these chain stores out. So Chappelle's the last person who comes to the mic, and then he compares the size of his kind of operations, I forget how many millions of dollars he says it is, to the price of the development or something. And then he says... You look like clowns, I will take it off the table. I can't believe you'd make me audition for you. I'm not bluffing. Thank you. And that is understood by everybody to be Chappelle's threat to liquidate all his holdings and pull out of the village, which he had threatened to do before.
0: So this Zoom meeting, how does the vote go down?
3: Two vote yes and two vote no, which equals the motion does not pass. So the development is, is killed.
0: So what's going to happen to this land?
3: Uh, Chappelle has quietly bought up the entire property.
0: He could have just done this in the first place.
3: He could have done it in the first place, and I bet he could have done it a lot cheaper in the
0: first place. Oh, Is he a good business person? Is he getting good deals and all this stuff or turning them into good things? Or is he making money in Yellow Springs?
3: The most sort of high-profile things he's doing in town, the old Um, schoolhouse, which is getting turned into a home for the NPR affiliate, WYSO. That hasn't been finished yet. It's under construction, so we don't really know. And then the other project, the comedy club, also under construction, not finished. So those could be great boons for the village, but we don't know yet. It's too early to say.
0: Wow. Normally, if you are a developer of a mall or whatever you're building in town, you spend a lot of time winning over the town. You, you you spend a lot of time going to meetings and meeting with politicians and telling people your plans. That doesn't seem to be Chappelle's style.
3: No, and so that's the interesting thing about considering Chappelle as a developer. So, you know, does he have the responsibilities of a public figure? Does he have the responsibilities of a developer? Or, as his um, spokesperson insisted to me, does he just have the responsibilities of a private citizen like you and me? who don't owe anybody anything when it comes to what we buy, the decisions we make with our money. And I think that's sort of one of the fundamental tensions with uh, Chappelle in this town is I think when it suits him, he wants to be a famous person who can do whatever he wants. And when it suits him, he wants to be a private citizen who gets to be left alone and not asked questions of. And it doesn't seem like he can really have it both ways, but I think he wants to.
0: What do you think is going to happen to this town? Where do you think it's headed? Is it going to become like Chappelleville?
3: <laughs> um, it's at a turning point right now. It could become the Aspen of Ohio. It could become a really expensive, really white, really deluxe if things are kind of allowed to go the way they're headed.
0: Huh.
3: Or maybe through enlightened planning, um, savvy investments, and the kind of enlightened activities of someone like Chappelle, it could become a really unique cultural Mecca kind of place. So there's some things Dave can do. There's a lot of things he can't do. There's a lot of decisions the village needs to make. And it's really hard to get anything done in this town because everybody wants to have input on everything. Everybody wants to argue about everything. Everybody feels entitled to opine on everything. Is it
0: still pretty divided? Like the signs in the windows, the thanks Dave versus the non thinkers?
3: Yeah, it's still very divided. There is a decent argument made that some of the skepticism of what Dave is doing is based on race. He's oh. he's you know probably the wealthiest, most high profile black person in that town, if not you know in that county. Um, and it's a mostly white village. And you know, a couple of people said to me, "Why are people so suspicious of Dave?" And I think it is worth asking. You know how much of this is discomfort with uh, a black man with power and money whom they can't control.
0: But you've also got this incredibly progressive town. And the last year, Dave Chappelle said that stuff in his special about trans people. He said all that stuff on SNL about Jews. He kind of broed down with Elon Musk on stage. Is the town really just pissed at him for these more conservative stances he's taken over the last year? You know, People
3: never mentioned any of that stuff to me when I was there. So to almost an odd degree, I feel like the people in Yellow Springs are only concerned with the local controversies, only concerned with the local Dave, and really don't seem to care that much what he does when he's out
0: of town. Would you move to Yellow Springs?
3: (laughs) By the fourth day I was there, I was running into people that I knew at the coffee shop, people who I'd interviewed. Oh, I
0: kind of love that. Do you like that?
3: (laughs) No, I don't like that. I don't know. I live in New York. I like the anonymity. I like being left alone. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't want to meet everybody that I know every day.
0: Have you heard anything from Chappelle?
3: Um, no, but he did post a story on Instagram. He made a joke that I can't say on the radio about the...
0: A hundred percent can say it. This isn't the radio.
3: <laughs> okay, so the the cartoon for the cover page of the article was yep. a big balloon of Dave floating over the town. Dave posted it and said, Clifford the Big Black N-word.
0: Whoa, you can't say it here. I was 100% wrong. I knew you It's were not because it's the radio. You just can't say it anywhere.
3: Yeah, but he's making a joke about Clifford the Big Red Dog, you know, because it's like Dave the Big <laughs> Cartoon floating over the town.
0: Wow. Okay, well, he, he read it, and he, uh, he had thoughts.
3: And he beamed it out to his followers or whatever.
0: So this is going to be one of your better read stories.
3: Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: Tyler Kelly, you wrote, What happens when Dave Chappelle buys up your town for Business Week? Thank you for coming on.
3: Joel, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: I could never buy up my hometown of Edison, New Jersey. But my lovely wife, Cassandra, is from a way cheaper town called, get this, Hoosick Falls, New York. And we totally considered buying it up. Hoosick Falls population has been shrinking steadily since 1890. When I asked my wife what the boarded-up shops in town used to be, she said, boarded-up shops. We were still talking about it when, in 2017, a group of artists bought the gorgeous 1880 former opera house in the middle of town and moved in. Now there's this great coffee shop, a barbecue joint with live music, a brewery, a French restaurant, and something called a package store that I'm pretty sure is just a hipster word for a liquor store. Thank God we didn't buy it. At best, Story of the Weekville would have had a lame little podcast studio.
2: At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around
4: online.
0: Our show today was produced by Mo Labord and Nisha Venkat. It was edited by Lydia Jean Cott. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. And our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicky Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. And you stayed at a hotel in Yellow Springs itself?
3: I stayed at an Airbnb, actually, in... Springfield—it's like twenty minutes away, but it's way, way cheaper. I couldn't—I mean, the Yellow Springs Airbnbs were way too expensive for me.
0: Even for for Michael Bloomberg?
3: Well, I mean, I try not to like push it too far when it comes to expenses.
0: Oh, you have a lot to learn. <laughs>
3: Probably.
2: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.